up, everybody? Welcome back into the Fast Break. Great first week. I'm your host, Justin Klimmer. Next to me, I got Dominic Thrawn Guard. There we go. Matthew Selitsky <laughs> and Riley Haltzum. Are you guys ready to overreact to, uh, with the four-game sample size or what? The worst part of the year is when everybody just starts going into the teams that are supposed to be good and have bad records and the teams that are bad that are looking good. And all we do is say, this team's going to go to the finals and this team stinks and they're a bust. It's the worst part of the season. It's time to crown a champion already. Oh. But first things first. Trade finally happened. James Harden finally got moved. I feel like we've been talking about this since, what, July, June or whatever. You know, <laughs> he publicly called Daryl Moy a liar in China, said he'll never play for him again. Looked like for a second he was about to um, play for the Sixers this season, but he's officially uh, a Los Angeles Clipper now. Him and P.J. Tucker and some dude named Philip Petrusev is now in L.A. And I don't feel like the Clippers gave up too much. Just Robert Covington, Batum, Marcus Morris, K.J. Martin, two first, uh, two seconds, and a, and a first-round pick swap. So um, in my mind, this doesn't change my outlook for the Clippers too much. I think uh, if everyone's healthy and they they do show a lot of cohesiveness, through uh, the season, I can be convinced they are a contender. I can be convinced that they are the best team in L.A. But uh, what do you guys think about this trade? Yeah. Just a note. Petrusev's already gone. Yeah. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's already out of there. They already they already got his they already got him traded out of there. Elite that. Where did he where did he go? The Kings. The Kings. The Kings yeah. The, the Clippers sent cash and Phillip to the Kings. King said, "Oh, nice uh, G League piece." Other than there was no no return. No return. My guess is the Kings wave him uh, and just take the cash. That's tough. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> That's not very often a thing that happens. Uh, not often in the NBA. So the only other time that happened in my recent memory was last year when the Heat traded Dwayne Dedman and pick and cash to the Spurs, and they ended up waving. Deadman and or rerouting him and doing all that. Yeah, stuff. good old cash considerations, man. He keeps popping up, doesn't yeah, he? A few thousand dollars. Hey, did y'all see uh um uh, what's his name? Firkin Corkmaz. Uh yeah. he still requested <laughs> a trade. Yeah. I saw a tweet this one 2018 yeah. that said Corkmaz has requested uh to get traded from the Sixers, but um not much has changed. Um but yeah, <laughs> aside from uh, all the narratives here, let's talk about what we think about this fit would be with the Clippers. So looking at their best five man lineup, I'd probably have Westbrook over team Trey Man or Terrence Man, and then uh, so it'd be Harden, PG thirteen, Kawhi. Uh, well, sorry, Westbrook, Harden, PG, Kawhi, and then Zubats um, at the five. Um, I feel like that's a that's a kind of a hole at the five. I feel like I don't think Zubats is uh, too capable of a center. Um, uh, when you're going to face these bigs like Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic. But then again, who is? So maybe I'm overreacting to, to that a little bit. I personally would like to see a rim protector like a Miles Turner down there rather than a more offensively rebound center, centered guy like uh, Ivica Zubats. But uh, we'll see. What do y'all think? I think P.J. Tucker helps too, a lot. Not at the center. <laughs> yeah, P.J. Tucker is always a great piece to have on your bench, especially if your team that's going to want to make a playoff run. I mean, he's a guy that can occasionally get things done. But Getting Harden out of Philly is huge for both teams, really. Uh, the Clippers get that extra star. They want that extra star power. I mean, they're guys a little bit prone to injuries, so not bad to have another little star bit. on the roster. A little bit. A little oh, bit. Sheesh. 
no, but yeah, no, it, it's great to have another elite scorer on that team. And obviously it's going to make the Clippers stronger. They do lose some depth, but none of these pieces are that massive to me. I mean, they're trying to contend right now. This trade makes sense for both sides. I don't, I don't really think that either team comes out losing from this. I would not call Zubach a, a liability or a hole on both the offense or the defense. Seven foot, 240 pounds. He had that game last year where he had it's, 31 points and 29 rebounds. That was last year against the Pacers in just, regular in regulation, not overtime. I just don't like him guarding pick and rolls up high. Sure, but that's why you have now the, the help of P.J. Tucker, which is a massive addition. Oh, it's absolutely. Very I'm, I'm pro P.J. Tucker. And a anybody. massive loss for the Sixers. But, look, I said this last week or two weeks ago when we were on here, and I told you the Sixers are a very good team. They're a better team without Harden. They were going to get – what I thought was going to be a role player mm-hmm. and probably a few picks, a few first, maybe a few second in the Harden deal. They ended up getting three, possibly four, with how KJ Martin performs, really good pieces. Robert Covington, who's a three and D three and D guy, really good Swiss Army knife, similar to a guy like a PJ Tucker, a Jay Crowder, those types of players, mm-hmm. who's gonna stretch the floor and can really guard two through four, two through five. Nick Batum, who is an offensive weapon, can also stretch the floor. It's not going to give you much defense with both bad lateral movement and his age, but a very good offensive piece. And Marcus Morris, who is not a total two-way player, but a very good offensive player and the better Morris brother. So with that being said, last year, the 76ers' biggest issue, especially in the postseason, was the offense, right? You talked about a team that had a very good defense with Joel Embiid at the helm. Uh, and P.J. Tucker, who is now gone. Now you add the offense, and you just have a lot of versatility on that team to go with Maxi and Harris and Embiid and all those pieces. So this is a team that's really well-rounded, arguably the most well-rounded team in the Eastern Conference outside of the Bucks, without the amount of depth they have. Now the Sixers have depth. And for the Clippers, look, it all depends on how Harden plays, right? Is he the Harden of last year? Is he the Harden of two years ago when he was on the Nets? Or is he Houston Harden now? I don't think he gets the Houston Harden. Nah. But P.J. Tucker, could we see, is a better addition for the Clippers than Harden. It's P- possible. P.J. Tucker just contributes to winning basketball. Absolutely. So a lot of he people does. a lot of people kind of uh, lose energy on the defensive side or just, you know, off the, um, you know, chasing the ball off the glass, um, they'll lose energy in, in that regard if they're not scoring, if they're not getting looks. P.J. Tucker, he'll have zero points in 36 minutes, but he'll still, you know, make clutch plays for you and get loose balls. That, he's going to you know, do the right really thing. Show up, show up in the stat sheet. Yeah. He's a fundamental and, basketball and he, he'll space the floor for you. He'll, yep. he'll My only worry is that he is an old man. He um, is 38 years old. He hasn't slowed down in the sense that his defense has not gotten worse. I, I Look, I agree with you. When he came to Miami, I, I was worried about the age too. But look, as long as you can show me that you can continue to move laterally at, at a good speed and play one through five like he can – is insane. I mean, you you'll see him against the Warriors guard Steph Curry, That's, and yes. then play Joe. Uh, you know, if he was on the Heat, he guard Joel Embiid. It's just the nature of PJ Tucker. And mind you, the Sixers, if I haven't made it clear already, won this trade, got two firsts, two seconds, and a pick swap, which won't mean anything because they won't get it anyways. But they set themselves up for the future. Yeah. So it's just it's a really good haul. That's what it is by the 76ers. They won this trade by a mile. Regardless of even if Harden returns to Houston Harden, the Sixers won this trade. Now, the Clippers are a very good team. 
They're a very good team. I said this before. They're better now. You're talking about four first ballot Hall of Famers in Harden, Ross, PG, who was an underrated player, arguably the best two-way player in basketball aside from Giannis, if healthy, and Kawhi, who was waiting to see how healthy he could be. But when he was healthy last year, looked like Kawhi as yep. good as ever. Yep. So a really, really good mystery, but two teams that have possibly done an excellent job in terms of benefiting off these trades. 76ers did win, though. Yeah, I agree. I think what the Sixers did with this is they set themselves up for the future. If they, they, They've got a lot of options going forward. If they want to stick and pick, they can do that. I think the more likely thing, they move these picks, they move some cap around, and they're able to go get another star if they want to. Like that, That's still an option. Yeah, they, they've, got, they've got a lot of things they can do with the, with the pieces they picked up, the picks, the players. That There's a lot that the Sixers can do. They're in a very flexible position right now going forward. So if they're getting success with the lineup they got, they can stick with it. They feel like they need some more star power. They can do that too. So I love it for the Sixers. Love it. Yeah, and last thing I'll say on the Clippers, I mean, I think the only way this trade is a good trade is if they make it to the conference finals. You look at the age of all these players that uh, Matthew just mentioned, Westbrook 34, Harden 34, PG 33, Kawhi 32, and I don't even need to talk about all the injuries they've been through. I mean, they're only their body's only getting more and more wear down. Yeah, but, you know, back to the, the Sixers, what helps, um, like um, Riley said, the flexibility. Let's talk about Tyrese Maxey and how much he's been balling this year. Um, this dude, um, um, he's got the ball in his hands more than ever right now. He's tied for third in the league with 7.5. He has the ball for 7.5 seconds on average on each possession, averaging 36 and 6 on um, 50 56 and 91 just absolutely absurd shooting splits and uh he is everything that we've hoped that he'd become i mean last year he showed great spurts but didn't have the ball in his hand too much now he is the de facto um you know main ball handler in philly and, and he's showing out well he's getting more minutes that that's for sure and it all comes down to coaching i mean this is just a great use of nick nurse yes he's utilizing his players he's getting the most out of his players we've really seen it from a lot of the role guys on philly this year oh, great you have a good game all right. right and you so that's just what nick nurse does he's very similar to the greg popovich's and the eric spolsters of just squeezing what's good out of a player right plus minus which in my opinion is the greatest stat in any sport um, because it really shows both sides of the floor. It shows how much of an impact you have on the game, both positively or negatively, when you are on the floor. It doesn't have anything to do with your teammates. It has something to do with you and your impact. Like, for example, P.J. Tucker will always have a plus because he makes right reads. Yes. He doesn't need to put up 30 points a game, but when he's in the game, good things happen. And Tyrese Maxey, who last year had a 4.0 plus minus rating, is now up to 9.7. So that should tell you. And I attribute a lot of it to coaching, but his offseason workouts were great. He's getting five and a half more minutes of playing time and a 10 plus point increase. So, you know, a lot of it comes down to getting more attempts, being more efficient and uh, uh, being put in the right spots. Credit to Nick Nurse. Absolutely. And I mean, he's a guy that we we knew the potential of. And so it's great to see him flourish under Nick Nurse. And I mean, you said a lot of things that everyone's thinking about the guy right now, but I'm with you on plus minus. I really do think that's an underrated stat in the NBA, especially by uh, a lot of guys who consider themselves quite into the NBA. I feel like they still ignore that plus minus because that can really tell how someone impacts the game. And obviously he's impacted the game very greatly. 
And looking back to that Milwaukee game specifically, I mean, putting up 31 points against arguably the best, if not one of the best teams in the league is incredible. I mean, that's a great way to start out your season. Despite the loss, this guy is legit and he's filling a hole that Harden didn't. I wouldn't even say Harden left because Harden didn't really play for the Sixers that much. (laughs) It's interesting because I'm looking at the stats right now. He's getting... Four plus more free throw attempts. He's getting to the line better. He's better at attacking the basket. More than that, the guy is only six foot two. He's 200 pounds even, right? And last year averaged 2.9 rebounds a game. Is now averaging 6.7. 3.5 assists, now 6.3. I mean, these are just massive margins. And, like, it's early in the season. You know, we talk about prejudging or you know, being premature as to what bold predictions we make, this and that. But this is a very good sign for a Philadelphia team that I picked to go as far as the NBA finals. Maxie's one of the most, he's the one of the fastest players in the yep. league. I think that I think it's Fox and then it goes him. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about like John Wall type of speed here with uh, Tyrese Maxey. That's helping him get to the, get down the hole a lot, get get to the line a lot. Um, the rebounding is crazy, though. Yeah, I don't I don't really wow. know how to explain that jump. That'd probably, wow. probably go down to, like, three or four. It won't be a, as big of a jump. But, but man, like, uh, are you – so, Matthew, you picked the Sixers to make it to the finals, didn't you? I picked them to make it to the finals because I think they're the biggest threat to the Bucs at this point. Um, I, You know, you can play him high. You're talking, I'm talking about Giannis. You can play Giannis high and force him to shoot, and then once he gets downhill – you're not going to push Joel Embiid out the way. It's just not possible. Just like you can't push Nikola Jovic. I yeah. mean, Jokic out the way. Excuse me, Jovic, great player on the Miami Heat. And, and with wings, you know, I always liked a team with good wing depth, you know, because you talk about uh, guarding people like Giannis. You're not going to guard them. You can slow them down, though. And if you have a... Well, guard- now the Sixers have Patrick Beverly, who they added this season. Kelly yeah. Oubre, who is a lot of size, lengthwise, a yes. lot of wingspan. So, you know, there's the pieces to slow him down just enough so that he meets Embiid yes. at the summit, and you're not stopping Joel Embiid yeah. from a defensive standpoint. Covington back is huge, too, for that. These are He's just guys you can just throw at them, you know, and just... Just all comes down to versatility. Slow, slow. How much versatility do you have to throw and use in your arsenal? And Nick Nurse has an abundance. And it, it just seems like Philly is more well-rounded than Boston. I was watching Boston play the other day. Now, don't get me wrong. Boston's a very good basketball team. Mm -hmm. They could be the best team in the Eastern Conference, but they really don't have a bench. It's the truth. Mm -hmm. They don't have a bench. Their best player off the bench outside of Horford is Peyton Pritchard. Yes. Yep. Who's not going to win you a championship. Now, he's a good offensive player, but he's not going to be the seventh best player on a championship team. And I told you, they will never win as long as Joe Mazzula is the coach. But... You could give me any coach for that matter. And it's just, it doesn't seem like they have enough depth. But Porzingis has played well. Tatum has, has been what we've seen from him. I wouldn't say he's improved by any massive stretch, but, um, you know, things are falling into place for Boston. That's why they uh, are number one in the Eastern Conference right now. So, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they've got their top five guys on the court, they're, they they look unstoppable, Absolutely. But, but it's the moment one of those five guys comes off, you start seeing the holes in this team, and yeah. uh, I think it, it's going to be a long season for them if Peyton Pritchard is going to be, like you said, that seventh guy. Um, you you need more, you need more for the Celtics, and that's something that they maybe need to look at improving on on their team. Yeah, I, I like Peyton Pritchard a little bit. You know, he's got he's got some edge to him, but uh, 
Yeah, the bench is thin. I mean, like their eighth guy is like Sam Hauser. That's going to be a problem. They're probably a team that's going to make a trade. You know, they got Brad Stevens kind of uh, controlling who's, uh, you know, on the team and whatnot. So I think, you know, he's a smart guy. He'll add like one or two more pieces, you know, whether that's through the buyout market or at the trade deadline. But I, I do want to talk about this team a little bit more specifically. Kristaps um, Porzingis, I think he has brought, you know, a big boost to their offense. I mean, a seven foot three floor spacer just do, does worlds. And when you have, um, you already have guys like uh, JT, you know, JB, uh, Derek White, uh, Drew Holiday, like it, it's just done so much for him. The floor is just so spaced. I mean, you think about just swinging it to Porzingis. He's at, he's at the top of the wing. I mean, you have to, it, it, it's not a normal closeout when this dude's set seven, three. I mean, the way, where he's releasing the ball, like you gotta be an extra step closer versus if it was a guy who was like six, eight or something. So, you know, the Celtics so far to me have been very impressive. I think, I, I don't want to say they have the best starting lineup in the league, but uh, they definitely could. You could definitely argue for that. Yeah. Portsingas has definitely returned to form. I feel like for a while he, he didn't look quite up to the standard that we thought he would after those seasons with the Knicks. I thought that he looked like he was going to be one of the next greats, honestly, uh, just with how he's playing up in New York, the unicorn, and then just didn't quite look that way for a while down in Dallas. But I mean, he's finally looking back into form, just a guy who can really help this team out, especially like you said, spreading the floor is huge for the Celtics team. And Portsingis adds a lot for that. He's playing well because he was healthy for the bottom portion of this his season last year with Washington and had a good offseason, didn't get injured, and is now coming to the uh, Celtics organization with a healthy body, a great offseason, a full offseason worth of work. And, you know, you take that much time to work on your craft. It, it, it's, I shouldn't say easy enough, but you're it's inevitable that you're going to get back to some form of, of uh of greatness some something close to what we've seen when he was in new york and now you know the hope is that he can remain healthy and winning basketball this guy just contributes to winning basketball so uh, let me just hammer the point home so far porzingis is averaging 20.7 points per game 58 percent from the field 47 from three and 85 from the line anything else you want to add on porzingis riley or celtics in general and uh, doing all that as a third option on the team that that's what's going on right now. But, but yeah, it's such a luxury to have that dude as your third option. I mean, you could argue that he is their second best player, Jalen Brown. Um, I I would say it's more like a two A two B type type thing in the offense, the way they yeah. run it. It's unfortunate, it, Jalen Brown. Man, there's some points, you know, in that finals run where he was the guy, especially in that net series mm-hmm. when Jay was doing really bad. But man, he's one of the most ridiculed players at this point. I think people get a little too carried away with the no left hand thing. But yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. no, no, it is he funny. does not have a left hand. It's, it's but I was gonna say a like, carried away thing. I was he gonna, does not have so, a left yeah, hand. Game seven last year, seven turnovers all happened when he was driving left. I do know that. But I watched him play basketball the other day. It was against. It was a was I don't remember if it was the first game, but he, he literally drove down the left side of the yeah. court with his right hand and turned it over trying to make a pass Dang to it. the corner, which he had to throw from his right hip to the left side of his body to make the pass. And he threw it. Where do you think? Too far left. He doesn't have a left hand. It's all because he has to dribble right. It's okay. incredible. For a player that good to not have a left hand. I'm making a mental note. Next time I watch the Celtics, I got to pay attention to Jalen Brown's left hand. A lot of times he hides it pretty well. I mean, I wouldn't say he has a... There's players in the league that don't have a left hand. Jimmy Butler does not have a left hand. But you would never know it. 
Yeah. Because the guy doesn't turn the ball over. He makes the right read. Then he doesn't, he shoots the ball. You so yeah, I guess you could hide it with uh your deficiencies with you know just playmaking and just mm-hmm. smart uh mm-hmm. smart plays. Do you remember up. the play last year when Butler against the Bucks? It was a game five in Miami. Yeah, it was game uh, five in Miami where Butler had 56. Yes, right. The big play where Butler drives down the court and shoots that step back. Yeah, 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 yeah. He drove down the left side of the court and stepped back with his right hand he on the did, left side yeah, of the court. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never seen strange, that before. Yeah. He doesn't have a left hand. The ball was like in front of him the whole yeah. time. Like it wasn't like a bunch of like step, step back, back like, to the left yeah, with his like right hand. Pull the reverse. But uh, <laughs> last guy I want to highlight. I'll mention some other guys who are doing well. But Luca Doncic. He's averaging 39. He's averaging 39. <laughs> you muted my eyes. He's averaging 39, <laughs> 11, and 10 so far this season. I mean, he's been playing amazing. The Mavericks are 3-0 and so far this season, and he is the most used player in the league right now. How much does he use? Well, on any given possession for the Magic, for the Mavericks, he has the ball 9.6 seconds of that possession. That's the first in the league by a whole second, 1.6 seconds, uh, second to Jalen Brunson. But, uh, yeah, it's been Luka Magic so far, and uh, – you know, he got a lot of hate after last year, completely missing the playoffs. But, uh, I mean, we forget this is a guy who has already had elite playoff moments, and he's only um, he's only 24 years of age. And he really is one of the uh, best players in the league. And he can contend for an MVP this year. I think a lot of us, you know, didn't mention his name when uh, we had that conversation two weeks ago. But uh, so far, the Mavericks, the 3-0, you know, Luka's not going to keep it up, like, at this rate. But... Uh, Man, what what a performance so far. Any thoughts on Luca? Luca and I got beef right now, actually. Um, he stopped me and my buddy, we put some money down on a little parlay, and uh we we had the Nets win in this game, and then Luca comes in at the last second. He hits that ridiculous <laughs> one-handed bank shot three and kills the whole thing in one go. It so Luca and I got a little beef right now, but my goodness, he's played out of his mind. That Nets game was extremely fun to watch. Can uh, you have <laughs> can you have beef for the person you don't know? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like he unfollowed you on Instagram or no, something. No, no, no. He he pulled that garbage on me. He took away my money. That's but, interesting. Okay, no, it's, that's good to know. I didn't know you could have beef with someone you didn't know. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, I mean, it was such a great game to watch. And what I was actually most impressed with, sorry to take it away from Luca, but the Nets actually they're looking like they might be a really solid team. They're one and two right now, but they're two games. Let me, it was, um, it was obviously the Mavs they lost to, then they lost to the Cavs by one, but I, I don't know. I really enjoyed watching this Nets team. I think they got a lot of solid players, Bridges, Thomas, Finney Smith, Denwitty, Ben Simmons even looked pretty solid in that Mavs game. This is, and they got Royce O'Neal, which if you followed Utah basketball, he's actually a dog. It's the land of role players over in Brooklyn. It it really is. And I, I love a team like that, to be honest. So I'll I'll be keeping an eye on Brooklyn this year. I think they're a team that can perhaps do something special with the East being so weak right now. They're not going to beat the top teams, but they can make an okay run. Mm, No, they can't. I, I don't think they're spacing they easy personally. I don't think they have the star power. Yeah. I think Cam Thomas uh can easily get figured out in, in when playoff times come. But so far, I mean, hats off to the guy. Um, nobody expected this. Uh, he's averaging no. like 33 or something at the moment, like on 60% from the field. 
he's going crazy. But, you know, that being said, he'll give you 33, won't play any defense, and then add, like, two to two assists and, like, one rebound. So not nothing too much going on in, in Nets land, in my opinion, personally. But other players I wanted to highlight, unless y'all want to <clears throat> chime in some more, uh, Chris Paul. Um, something I noticed when I was watching the Rockets and the Warriors play, when Steph Curry left the floor, um, the the Warriors were down. And when he got back on the floor, they were up. And that was because of Chris Paul and what he's doing with the bench unit. And, uh, you know, Steve Curry, he said it all offseason, we need to limit turnovers. We need to limit term- turnovers there. You know, turn the ball over um, as much as any team last year. I think they were top three in that stat. And Chris Paul, you know, he coming in there, stabilizing things. I'm changing my sixth man of the year pick from Rui Hachimura to Chris Paul, who is really just you can't change it. Yes, you can. <laughs> no, you can't. Sure you can. We were in week of the season. Change it. I can change it if the I want to change it. Look, started. me and you are gonna have beef in a second. Okay? <laughs> I can change it. Change the pick. I can well, I'm changing it. We're making new. No, well, he is currently one, two, three, four. He's the fifth best. Or he's has the fifth best odds to win six man of the year. He does. Yeah. Well, see, um, so I could change it because no. I'm not the first guy. <laughs> Manu Brickley's okay. currently first. Well, yeah, like that's... you, like you, baby. He's got right now at the moment because I'm, uh, you know, I like to look for for plus minus. Right now, his plus minus on the season is forty six. Now, does that gonna is that gonna hold? Absolutely not. But the whole point is. The guy's back to his normal self on the, in the sense that he's making the right reads. He's going to make mm-hmm. the right plays. He doesn't have to be the number one or the number two option. He doesn't have to give you 20 points, 25 points, and 15 assists. That allows him to preserve his body, which has been his biggest problem over the years, is his mm-hmm. health. Allows him to just be the Chris Paul that we've all known <laughs> to love, which yeah. is the guy that just makes these great passes, makes great plays to a team that, is super easy to be great at from a passing standpoint. Yes, it is. When you have Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and all these other offensive weapons in your arsenal, all you got to do is pass them, and it's catch-and-shoot basketball, right? So it's really easy for him to be successful from a passing standpoint. And he's a very, very underrated defender when it comes to being able to guard his position at his size. He's He's not a tall player. strong. And he's always been very good at the defensive end. Always been very good. He can guard one or two and play the perimeter at the perimeter. Yeah, he might. And he might find out little ways to get to a guy, maybe pull on a jersey, put his elbow. No one said he wasn't cheap. But but that is Chris Ball. And it's nice to see him finally return to uh, a, a, a similar player that we've seen in L.A. Yes, it has been nice. Um, We saw him start. You know, with uh, Wiggins, or why did I say Wiggins first? Curry, Clay, Wiggins, uh, Looney at first. But Draymond came, has come back, and now he's coming off the bench. And uh, yeah, found that six man role perfectly. Um, he has the ball in his hands a lot, but when he is sharing the floor with Steph Curry, you know, he, he's not um, not on the ball too long. You know, he's swinging it, just being a connector, and, and it's been amazing. Um, he's eighth in the league in assists right now. How many minutes? Uh, averages thirty. Okay. Off the bench, wow. So, six-man of the year candidate for sure. That is uh, trending upwards. Any other guys you want to shout out? I got to uh, just – well, we already talked about Cam Thomas. Jalen Duran. Oh, been a beast. wow. I mean, dude, this was the um first player um that got drafted, um and then I was like, he's younger than me. Holy crap. Like, I'm finally at that time. And then I just looked – I look him up. He's like 6'11", <laughs> 250. I'm like, holy crap. 
crap. I, I go and look in the mirror and like I feel p- p- pathetic, dude. But man, uh, against his first three games, 14, 17, 15 rebounds um, um, in, in those three games. And bro, he's just like a beast. Like I didn't watch Dwight Howard, but like, is this what he was like? I don't know. He's just like Superman. No, to me. stop it. <laughs> on the, See, this is the problem. On the glass. We're a week in and we're comparing a guy who's just barely enough. How old did you say he was? He's nine. He can't He's drink. 19. And you're comparing I'm, him to Dwight Howard. I was asking a question. I didn't, I didn't oh say it was like God. Dwight Howard. No, no, no. I didn't say it. I said, oh I said is this what Dwight Howard was like? No. I didn't watch him. No. Dwight Howard's been in the news, too. <laughs> oh, he has. Yeah, I was yes. talking about the basketball side of Dwight Howard. <laughs> Dwight Howard <laughs> was a freak of nature. Jalen Durham is a part of nature. This is a guy... <laughs> He's a freak, bro. He's a freak. <laughs> he's 6'10". That's what's more impressive. Is he's 6'10", he's 250, and he's averaging 13.3 rebounds a game. He has just been outstanding. He's third all uh, of the, so far in the season in all-time rebounds. He's at 53. Anthony Davis is 55, and DeAndre Eaton's 59. He's been excellent, and it's a really – it's attributed to why the Pistons – have not been as bad as a lot of people thought. They're two and two and have played really good, excellent basketball. Shoot, Asar Thompson, too. No, he's been good. Pistons. He's been great. Been a great rookie. Um, so any other players I want to shout out real quick? Time. Can I do the opposite of a shout out? Yeah, yeah well, let's out. Hear. I'm gonna talk hear. about the Grizzlies soon. Call out. Well, okay. I'm not calling out the Grizzlies. Okay. We'll we'll get to them. I mean, what Brandon Miller has been performing quite well as a rookie so far. Love it, yeah. And uh, that, I mean, it's interesting feeling for a Vol fan looking at Brandon Miller and trying to trying to make any kind of sense of that situation, especially considering his college history that UT fans are all very familiar with. Obviously, if you don't know, uh, there was murder down Alabama, and Brandon Miller was somewhat kind of involved I feel like there's always murder there, in Alabama there really is um and Nick Saban was able to keep things quiet for a long time and then Nate Oates the basketball coach is not so adept at keeping those narratives quiet but I mean Brandon Miller obviously a guy who has dealt with a lot of adversity whether or not you think he's a good person or not He's dealt with a lot, and he's dealt with it well. He's been playing. He can hoop, though. <laughs> he, he can hoop. There's no doubt about it. I mean, and he's getting a lot of minutes on the Hornets. Obviously, that's a team that's garbage. Yeah, all you were saying earlier about, like, the legal stuff, like, man, that's that's a Hornet right there. That's all I talked about. There's a lot of the scandals. Hornet, the Hornets have <laughs> an interesting lineup there of people, of personalities, let's say. Are you tell Miles, hey. he's like, that's it? Yeah, and I, my memory is terrible, but was he my pick for rookie of the year? I think he might have been. Oh, I don't remember. Could you imagine uh, a team with Kai Jones, Brandon Miller, <laughs> and Bridges? Wow. I can't. It's the Charlotte Hornets. Right. I mean, Malik right. was there. He did like cocaine. No, whatever. <laughs> but like you were talking about your rookie of the year pick, my call out, Scoot Henderson. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I get he's a rookie, and I, he's only played, what, four games? But one of 18 from three. No, one of – I think it's one of 28. Oh, uh, play yeah. another game. <laughs> shot the threes? Did he make a three? He was 0 for 6, 0 for 4, 1 for 5, 0 for 3. Isn't his percentage down? So, yeah, you're right. 18. 18. 18. Yeah, he's uh, shooting one five point six percent from the three. He's late on. I, I've watched him a, a, a few. Ooh. He's late on defensive rotations. He seems lost. He seems like he just hasn't settled in. Yeah, I mean, there was a play the first five seconds of the game where the ball got tipped up and he just like 
let the ball go out of bounds. That kid can build a house. That's for sure. <laughs> he's right. he's it's it's more about settling in and and getting your nerves in check. It's a very hard part of basketball. I mean, as a player myself, it's just like it doesn't matter what game you play. It could be you know the first or the last game of the season. It's just every time you go out there, it's a different mm-hmm. scenario. So oh, you just man. have to settle in. That's all it is. He's super young, too. Only 19 still. I'm looking at some more of his stats. I mean, he's averaging four assists, right? 4.3 turnovers, okay? Played four games so far. Two fouls in the first, then five, five, and then six in this last one. So, yeah, he needs to settle in. Look, I love it. I love it because Joe Cronin traded Damian to the Bucks. Says, who's the guy? So it's like, you know, this is what you asked for. You know, I could have given you a ton of people. You could have Tyler here right now. But yeah. you, you, uh, <laughs> where's this going? I'm you rather DeAndre Ayton, who has been awful aside from the rebounding side, has been awful. So he's you not know, been dominating, like you said. It is uh it is interesting to see Joe Cronin eat his words. Eat crow. <laughs> well, literally. You, you know, every time I think of Scoot, though, I can't help but think of that terrible AI. Yep, yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it's burned into my skull. It's terrible. Poo Anderson? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's the one. I hate it. I hate that you brought that up. I hate that picture. I love the. I mean, AI art and NBA Twitter, it's going together hand in hand in a beautiful way. Yeah. There's been oh, some. I know y'all saw the, the Anthony yeah. Davis one. Getting his CDL. Yeah. <laughs> He was working at McDonald's. He was a truck driver. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be a crazy season. Absolutely. With the AI, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, dude. Like, just beware if you have a bad game. Okay. In other news, the Nuggets are still good. They are four and zero, averaging. Um, they're winning games um, on average by fourteen point three points per game. Jokic has been amazing. Everybody has been amazing. Like, let me. <laughs> these field goal percentages from their starting lineup is ridiculous. I mean, Murray, he's a guard. Forty nine percent from the field. KCP, 50% from the field. Aaron Gordon, 63.4. Michael Porter, 45. It's really good. Um, And then Jokic, uh, 64.7. And, yeah, it's just been ridiculous so far. Um, Some teams have kind of, you know, like the Lakers, you know, I expect a little bit more from them out to jump. It's so early, though. Like, <laughs> I'm talking like um, on these things are set in stone. But the Nuggets are still who we thought they are. They didn't miss a beat, um, especially – on that ring ceremony night, you know, it came out um, just really handed it to the Lakers that first quarter. The game was never, you know, too tight. Um, just kind of reminded everybody, yeah, we're still the champs. You know, the target is going to have to be on their head. So any uh, any thoughts on the Nuggets before I move on to a, a more somber topic? Just still the team to beat. I mean, the Nuggets, like you said, they've been beating everyone and doing it in style too. So they're definitely the favorites still in my eyes. Yeah, without a doubt. And they look, Jokic is an assist and a half away from averaging a triple double. So um, he's he's without a doubt the greatest player in the NBA right now. Um, active player. Uh, I gotta watch what I say. And uh, <laughs> in, it, it, they it's it's their spot to lose as the greatest team in the NBA. It really is. They have it. They've cemented themselves in that position. It's their spot to lose. Absolutely. Um, some in the like we were worried about uh Bruce Brown, Jeff Green leaving those are you know big pieces that have gone elsewhere. But Peyton Watson has been good. Even Reggie Jackson has been good. Mm-hmm. Christian Brown's still doing his things. Aaron Zignaggi, Gordon's been good. Zignaggi has been a good depth piece. Uh, so yeah, they still got it. Still got it. Uh, but team that has kind of 
What's going on over here? Memphis, 0-4. It's really bad to start slow in the West, man. You know, no jaw, and it's shown. Ooh. It's shown really, really badly. I mean, I don't I don't think they have Brandon Clark right now. Nope. I know they don't have Steven Adams. Nope. Um, Luke Kennard's missed some games, too. Yep. So, I mean, they've been very thin. Um, I know they've been playing Jake LaRavia, and that just really— That tells you things, doesn't it? That just tells you things. You know, that's what I've been hearing from uh, the Grizzlies fans. Um, yeah, they're just expecting a lot from Desmond Bain and— it's playing Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson, Marcus Smart to to to, to uh, win these games for him, and they haven't won a single game, man. They lost to some bad teams so far. Um, the Wizards have been Ugh. Wizards. That's really the only bad team. But I mean, like, come on, bro. No yeah. games, no games uh, yet. Ended a W, and you cannot start slow in the West. Like Jaw's not coming back anytime soon. He's missing twenty five games. Y'all got to figure something out. And like, man, you really got to think. Like, I haven't watched any Grizzlies games, but they miss Tyus Jones right now. Yeah, I I think they're missing they're missing three of their top four options. Yeah, as as their bigs, they're missing uh Santi Aldama, who's been playing well for them, but he's he's been out, he's been injured. No Stephen Adams, like you said, no Brandon Clark. So that's that's three of their top four options outside of Xavier Tillman, uh, who's you know what is happening this year, man? The NBA just stinks. Everyone's injured. Yeah, it's there a, are no healthy teams right now so, outside of the Nuggets. Heroes hurt right now as well. I mean, it's like the Heat, the Nuggets, the the, the Suns, bro. Suns. We gotta talk I mean, about this. Just in a everyone's injured. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It sucks. What is happening? It sucks. They're getting ready for that in season tournament. And it just shows you. I told you guys two weeks ago. It just comes out as the best healthy team wins. Not whatever is yeah. the best team. If you're not yeah. playing, you're not on the roster. It's the best healthy team. Mm-hmm. That's why the Magic are one of the best teams in the NBA right now. Magic, they're the best, one of the, the most healthy team in the NBA. Oh, okay, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the Magic have made major improvements and can really make a spot for uh, uh, eighth or seventh seed this year. Hell, they could because it's early in the season and these are how these things go. They could win the playing tournament, but it's just I don't know what's going on. Everyone's injured. It's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, we already have some players, you know, take some rest days. Like it's weird. Like we want these players to stay healthy, but then we want to see them play every game. It's just, mm-hmm. a, it's just a weird balance. I mean, there's got to be some medium we can find, but I, it's just really tough, man. Because like people pay tickets to go see these games, and they want to see these star players. And there's 82 of these games. Like you can't expect yeah. players to play all of them and stay healthy. I'm wondering what you guys think on it, but I've always thought that the NBA could stand to play a little bit less games. Yeah, I like where it's getting to now with how hard it is on the players' bodies and how they're just not really playing in games. If you reduce the amount of games, you're going to see more of the star players. You're going to get the better games, more action. Each game matters more. Uh, I mean, coming from honestly more of a college standpoint when it comes to basketball, uh, I, I like the idea of playing some fewer games. Well, they won't do that for a ton of reasons. I mean, especially now that they've made it a point that this is an 82-game season and they're trying to embrace that. That's the whole their whole philosophy on the new rule about getting guys to play and not having two. Uh, what's what's their I word? Think you can't. You can only sit one all NBA player. On it's a like no. It's televised like they're game. like all star. All all star all NBA. Yeah, something like that. You I have forget to play what the at least exact rule is, but they have a word for it. It's, it, you know, they're really trying to embrace that this is an 82 game season league and that, you know, you're expected to play when you can and when you are healthy and that there is no more 
rest and there is no more load dental management. procedures mm -hmm. that keep you out or load management or whatever it might be um that this is this is what the nba is supposed to look like you are to play if you can and it just seems like we're really not seeing that get put into effect it's not taken much authority from the front office of the NBA, uh, you know, from the administration. So, uh, I, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how they, you know, control this moving forward, but it really has not been a good look for the NBA. They won't move it down. They will never change the 82 games for a ton of reasons, primarily for money reasons. Yeah. Um, you cut the amount of national televised games. You increase the amount that players make a game. You make it more difficult for players to receive the bonuses and and uh, incentives and all that. So there's a lot of moving pieces to changing the 82 game season. Um, last thing I'll say on this, I mean, this can open up like a huge broad topic, but I mean, 82 games, um, in these days, you know, it's, a, I think it's a lot more stress in the bodies than it was back in the day, you know, when they started this entire league. But I mean, these players are running so much more. You just watch a game, how much players are running on offense. Uh, people aren't sitting in the, uh, sitting by the elbow, you know, waiting for a, a post up or anything, you know, they're running around screens, you know, it, it's, it's very physical in that aspect. So yeah, it's just tough. It's just a tough situation. But uh, uh, and as a team that's kind of embodying that right now, last team we'll talk about um, Phoenix Suns. I mean, Booker and Beal, they're out indefinitely. Like, this was not a storyline coming into the season. Yes, it was. That they were injured? That Beal was not going to be – that Beal was going to be healthy? Well, I completely – He's that. never healthy, I, ever. I, yeah, I did see he's missed, like, out of the last 300-something games, he's missed, like, 100 of them. So he's playing about two-thirds – you know, of his games, which is which is terrible so far. And, you know, I saw – I don't know if y'all saw the video of him shooting in practice and, like, you know, it's a back issue. And, man, he's got a fat hitch in his shot that just wasn't there. And with Booker, I have no idea what's going on. He balled out um, the first game against the Warriors, you know, sent him sent him home. Um, but at what cost at this point? Like, he gave up uh, – I forget what injury is. Toe. Toe? Toe. Toe injury? Okay. I mean, with no timetable. No time to. That's crazy. They're gonna miss the in-season tournament, man. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, but I just wish we could see this uh, trio, you know, work out. I know Matthew said three guys the same play style would never work out, but I was excited to see you know it unfold. You'll never see him play anyway. Yeah, so it doesn't that's matter. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. But you know, until then, we gotta watch Yuta Watanabe and uh, Eric Gordon and Josh Okogie chuck up threes every game. So, not watching the Suns. Sorry. All right, KD. Anything else y'all want to talk about? I mean, Eric Gordon is low key nice, though. No, I, I don't think he's bad a bad player at all. I think he's uh more suitable off the off the bench. You know, I don't want to see it, no for sure. See him, uh, <laughs> opening tip off, but okay. Um, so Friday we will start the in season tournament. Ooh. Who's excited? Not me. <laughs> Nobody's excited. Honestly, I am I, a little. I am a little. I'm I'm I'm, I'm indifferent, so, more or less. Let me just explain how it's gonna work real Stupid. quick. So there's 30 teams in the NBA. There's gonna be six groups. It's five teams per group. Um, these group play games will take place uh Tuesdays and Fridays throughout November. Um, uh, you'll play um, a game against each team in your group. That's four games, two home, two away. Um, the best the best teams in each group will move on and there'll be two wildcard teams from each conference. Um, they're playing a knockout round in the semis, which will get them to the final four or the quarters, which will get them to the final four. That'll be in Vegas, um, neutral site. Um, and then if you win, if you win the NBA cup, 500 K runner up 200 K losing the semis, hundred K losing the quarters. It's 
50k and you only add a game so every team's gonna play 82 games except for two two teams in the final so these are these accrue during the regular season games and uh i'm excited because i think it does they're, they're trying to make early november or november december you know basketball seem a little bit more important i can't knock them from trying because i mean I'm, I'm excited i can i mean i'm excited for the knicks to play the the bucks this friday yeah, i bet you are because they could win all these bad teams can win. That's what I'm saying. Like that's it's, kind it's of the fun little, of it. It's just a this is fun. the problem. That's the problem. We, we just need... talked about how this is the part of the season where these good teams and these healthy teams that are not supposed to be at the top eight at the end of the year are in the top eight and are going to win. Now this playing tournament, you're going to have delusional freaking Orlando Magic fans Bro, saying Paolo Bancaro, who's fun. better, Paolo Bancaro or LeBron James. Well, Paolo won the in-season tournament. What are you talking about? I don't think you know. I think you're just creating demons in your head. Right it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense to have this tournament this early on in the season. They're trying to replicate March Madness, which doesn't make any sense. You're not going to get excited if your team wins an in-season tournament. It's a little early. No, it is a little early. What does that mean for you? Your Knicks win the in-season tournament. I mean, it'd be fun. Like it'd be fun. Like it'd be better than winning. Like let's say we win all these games. Like it better than going like. So that's like six, seven games, right? It better be going seven games, winning seven games in a regular season by itself and these like, you know, non-NBA Cup games. Yeah. One I, thing I do hate is these freaking courts, dude. Yeah, these are no, so the, butt the ugly. Courts are ugly. These the are so butt are ugly. ugly. They could ruin it. Dude, the Pelicans court. It's like purple, bro. <laughs> it's I know, purple bro. and green. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, come on. The jerseys in the NBA right now are terrible too. City these, jerseys are terrible. These are the worst so jerseys bad. in the NBA we have perhaps ever seen. Hey, he culture, he culture, man. He culture. So nah, but, but let's not even the worst jersey. Let, let me true. step up. Let me step on, up and defend the end season tournament. I oh. think, I think it's less about trying to recreate March Madness, and this is one of the first instances of American sports trying to adopt European traditions, make money. It is a, an attempt to make money, but at the same time, in European soccer, it's very well. In soccer around the globe, it's very common to have. Soccer is the biggest sport nationwide worldwide <laughs> it is indeed the biggest sport worldwide and in just about every single league there are in-season tournaments for cups soccer is the biggest sport worldwide your point being that they can they can they need this the, the nba i just don't yeah. see the downside for this in-season tournament. i can tell you what the downside is, what is it? the downside is not so much for the fans it is the players for one it degrades the nba championship and, no, and, it uh, no, it does. Yes, it does. No one will ever take it's this as seriously. Taking as away from let. Okay, let me explain it to you. This is so. this is why it's going to degrade it. Let me, let me because if the New York Knicks win, let's just say it's the Knicks. It could be any team. Yeah, it doesn't have to be the Knicks. Let's say it's the Knicks for the sake yeah. of the argument. If the Knicks win and the Celtics win the championship, the teams that won the two championships are the Knicks and the Celtics. People are going to be like, "Oh, the Knicks are better than the Celtics. Who's better?" That's that's why. No, dude. It's nobody, like, nobody can do that though what? without being without being ridiculed. I mean, here, here's catch the, on. It's just a fun little thing. Like, in my opinion. that's all I see. It. It, all I see it is the Twitter memes are gonna be funny. Mm -hmm. The Patrick Beverly GIF where he like takes off. Like, like that's gonna be fun. <laughs> like that would be April. <laughs> that would be so fun. Yeah, no, and like I just think it's gonna be fun because it, it, and going back to European soccer because this is where you can really look at it. They're the in-season tournaments, specifically I look to the Premier League, the FA Cup, that matters, but no one cares. Yeah. They want to win the Premier League. Like they do care, and it's a great trophy to win, but at the same time, 
no one has ever put it on the same level as winning the Prem. No one has ever looked at it that way. I mean, a, a team like Wigan Athletic, they won the FA Cup in 2012. Garbage team. No one knows about them. And no one cared about it. it like, obviously, it was great for their fans because they have a bad side. But come on. I mean, it's fun for the fans of bad totally teams. Different. Gives totally them so- different. Gives them something to think about. Gives them something to have fun with. And, like, if your team is tanking, you no longer have to be like, oh, I guess I'll just watch three seasons down the road. You no longer have to do that. You can be like, okay, now now I have a little bit of something to care about, and I can hope that my team can actually go out and compete, and I can have fun watching basketball again for a little bit. I like this debate, but hopefully this tournament, like, raises the competitive level in these specific games. I mean, that is a, that probably will happen, and I just don't see how you cannot root for that at all. Like, I think this is a absolutely a good thing. It's just it's just a test, really, but, you know, they're pushing all this promo. I think that heist commercial was awesome. Pushing <laughs> that was the, sick. They're pushing out like these courts. You know, the NBA Cup's supposed to be this big deal, and, uh, you know, man, I'm ready for it. I can't wait for Matthew to change his mind, too. <laughs> It's coming. This the contrast between the soccer tournaments and the NBA in season tournament is a stark contrast. It, it's not the same for a variety of reasons. The biggest being, well, the two biggest being for one, soccer is the biggest sport worldwide, meaning that this has become a universal standard that there are tournaments within a soccer season, a full soccer season. There has never been a tournament within the NBA. Primarily because this is an 82-game season. Within an 82-game season, there are injuries, there are trades, there are signings, there are In an 82-game season, I only care about, like, maybe 20 of them. Sure. Fair enough. (laughs) This will help me care about more. This is, this is, look, I'm a player advocate. I'm not a fan advocate. I'm not a coach's advocate. This is a player, as a player advocate, this is, whole thing is for the fans. This is for you, this tournament. It's not for the players. Thank you, the players James. don't want to play this. Players don't want to play. I mean, this. it's not like they're they've playing tried games. to incentivize this by adding the money, and it doesn't. Inc- they, they, <laughs> that is silly. That is Here, silly. Here's they here's don't the deal. care. LeBron James does not care about winning twenty thousand more dollars. Yeah, he doesn't care. I I know he doesn't. That's not a bad thing. So why I, would he play? I That's why the Knicks I, are going to win. Because I don't want a, him to play. I don't because genuinely, like. And it's the same amount of games anyway. Yeah, Yeah, it is. The fun part about this, and it counts for regular season standings, but the fun part about this too is that we're probably going to get to see a lot of young guys playing this. And I think that's another part of the fun is there's more potential for guys to break out if you're playing more younger guys in these games. Do you want to watch those young guys playing the in-season tournament? Kenny Lofton Jr.? I don't. Oh, my God. (laughs) Junior plays? Oh, I'm all in. That's what I'm saying. Junior plays, I'm in. Exactly. That's all you had to say. I have watched a Miami Heat team who has been injured so far this season have Orlando Robinson. You don't know who that is, obviously. Uh, Yo, bitch. You might know who that is. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Drew Smith, who is the worst player in the NBA. Duncan Robinson, who is the best player on that court in this five. And then depending on who they throw in there, let's say for the sake of it, uh, rookie Jaime Hawkes. I'm tired of seeing these lineups. And this is this is the lineup that's going to compete in the in-season tournament. Don't play. Don't play. I, I, I don't want to play. But This is why the Orlando Magic, the Knicks, the Bulls, the Nets, the Pistons, and the Hawks could win. If the players really don't care about it, then why don't they just treat it like regular season games? Because exactly. they it's it's like, they are, but it's 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 on the coaches now 
to increase the minutes of these players to win a championship or win a tournament. No, they don't. It's, it's, you're going to see LeBron James who's being held to any, coaches, 28 to 32 minutes a season end up playing 38 to 40 minutes in an in-season tournament game. No, you won't. The coaches do not care about winning this in-season tournament. The coaches care about winning They care about winning the in-season tournament because the no, owners are telling them, hey, if we win the in-season tournament, that means more fans. That means more money. That means more TV viewers. That means more money. They're telling these coaches, Play these players. We well, want to win. And it means it's all right. funny. And if when the minimum contract is what now? What is it up to? One point two seven five. One point two million. That's the vet, The champ gets five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> the champ that makes helps, less money. Divided by how many nah, people? Fifteen. I, I doubt it. Exactly. I doubt it. Yeah, like that's the, his point. It's the not five hundred thousand for each player. No, it's for the team, and so the money doesn't matter. No one's gonna be, no one's gonna be like, oh my god, we gotta, we gotta win this. So there's no incentive. Again, as a player advocate, there's no incentive to win this tournament. The incentive, the incentive here's the whole here's point. Here's what made this one. tournament interesting. Yeah, there isn't one. That's the whole play? point. Then why play? Then why play? Because it's a regular season game. It builds. That's tradition. what it is. It yeah, builds tradition. At the you end play, of the day, it builds you, tradition. It We're gonna have to you... compare LeBron James and Michael Jordan stats by saying LeBron won an in-season tournament, so he's nobody's gonna do that. It doesn't make any sense. Never gonna happen, bro. I mean, that's like never gonna happen. That's like the Lamicky crowd, bro. You can't take them seriously. But it actually is 500k per player. Is it? It's not divided. by the amount of players on each team. Well, there you go. For those guys that are on the vet minimum. Yeah, that's money that they Look, can use. This is what would make this tournament interesting. I think it would be interesting for a team like the Magic or a team like the Knicks, who can be good in stints. Uh, the teams like that that win automatically get a bid to the playoffs. Automatically get uh, you know, a, a that first, could be fun. Automatically get a first round pick or so. You know, it's like no, I like the playoff idea. I like the playoff idea. I I think that would be a great idea and a lot of. There's got to be some I, sort of incentive I for the, the players. I think there's more pushback against that though than there is for this. Um, just because I think people would be more in the traditionalist argument of being like, well, this that's not how the NBA is supposed to be, and I feel like this is less offensive to that whole thing. I'm more excited about the new flopping rule than I am about this in-season tournament. <laughs> okay. Well, at the end of the day, if this can raise com- um, the competitiveness, then it's a good thing. We'll see if it happens. I mean, it's the first time. I'm sure we were all skeptical of the play-in tournament when it started. I think we all like it now at this point. But uh, sure. any anything else on this in-season tournament before it kicks off? And before- yeah, I'll say another thing. After this year or after, let's say I'll give it another year. After two years, I think there's going to be a lot of pushback after this tournament. I think they're going to NBA is going to try to do what I just said, raise the stakes in order to incentivize it more for both the fans and the players, and that we're going to see it at its best probably next year. And even after next year, the NBA is just going to say the hell with it and take it out. Well, that's the great thing about Adam Silver. I think he makes changes, yep. and I think he makes Agreed. it quickly. I mean, we saw it with the um, All Star uh, Game. The All Star Game, the flopping rules, transition take foul, kind of uh, the Trey Young you know, jumping into a, a defender when you're shooting. But uh, yeah, we'll see where this goes. Um, I personally am excited for it. My Knicks play the Bucks on Friday, but uh, yeah, I think that's gonna do it for us here. Before uh, we wrap up, the Where's Paul though meme. I'm ready for that. I'm ready. Hey, he's for been that. balling, bro. He had six threes last night. Hey, until he gets injured, and then all we're gonna see is him. Where's walking. who? Where's Paul though? Oh, that was his. Waldo. That was his. Yeah, that was. Oh, his yeah, 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 yeah. Was Waldo? 
That's going to be great. I can't wait for that. Hey, can, uh, I do, can I go uh, off topic NBA for a second? I do have a man. question for you, Justin. Yeah. I, and I, I talked to my the NBA. Yeah. I talked to my dad about this all the time. He's a Knicks fan. Are you a fan of Julius Randle? Um, so, man, it's so tough because, like, he'll always get do well in the glass. But just when he's not scoring well, you know, he loses it on the defensive side of the ball, like a lot of players. I Let's say offensively. Him. Are you a fan of Julius Randle? I hate his inconsistency. I, I really, I, I, man, it, it's tough to really be a big fan of Julius Randle, but I appreciate what he does well. Um, rebound, Which is? Rebounds the ball very well. Um uh, um, he and he garners a lot of respect from the defense. He does draw a lot of double teams. He's a willing passer. I feel like his passer passing. Is, I think his passing has dropped hold down on. this year. But we have oh, no, 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 Matthew. We've seen him lead the team in assists. It, it it doesn't get to over six. You can check his uh yearly logs, but it doesn't really get over six. But I think last year is probably like four or five. So he, he yes, he is a willing passer. Um, haven't seen it as much this year. So. You know, but when he shines, man, I love Julius Randle. When he had like 57 last year against the T-Wolves, it was great. Um, he was hurt going into playoffs last year. He was playing on a bum ankle. Thibodeau said he was like at 60%. Um, I think it showed. And, yeah, he gets a lot of criti- – you get a lot of criticism from uh, the New York media, obviously. You know, um, they'll criticize anybody who doesn't play well because they just care. And they're just big fans. But um, I-, I appreciate Julius Randle. I think he's up there with Michael Porter Jr., if you want to go back, Carmelo Anthony, in terms of the biggest ball hogs ever play the game of basketball. And that's not to say he's not a good offensive player. I mean, that guy can hit. So I, hot, you mean there's like hey, there's nothing you could do. MPJ he's, had himself a couple of assists the other day. I've seen that. It's MPJ. And I would never call him a car. willing passer. I would never call Julius Randle a willing passer, primarily because I don't think he's willing to pass the ball. I think he has to pass the ball or Tibbs is going to take him out. So willing is not the right word. Yes, selective vision. There's times where he has complete tunnel vision. I think but... he's just a massive ball hawk. He okay. makes the Knicks worse. I think him on the court makes you worse. I think without him, you could get certainly a lot for Julius Randle. Um, I think the Knicks are better off trading him. I don't hate it, but at the end of the day, you know, he's a multiple-time all-star, multiple-time all-NBA player. So, you know. Multiple-time all-star. Isn't he one all-star? He's got two. Multiple all-NBA Really? He saw only 13 twice? He was second team last year. Julius from second team yeah, last bro. year? Yes. As yes. what? Power forward? Yeah. Or wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. So, like, he does things well. Like, he But then he goes to the playoffs, and he's just – he stinks. Stinks. But, uh, yeah, thank you for listening to our Julius Randle podcast. Uh, <laughs> this is the fast break. We'll be back in a few weeks. We'll be uh, talking about, you know, how good the in-season tournament has been and whatnot. And, uh and Matthew's me, you know, the biggest fan of it. Cannot wait. So, see you guys later.